Buongiorno. <laughs> That's as far as my Italian goes. Well, ciao, I know as well, but that'll do. Um, yes, it's Weekend at Crombies. It's volume five, episode nine. Goodness me. Um, and for this episode, we will be reviewing the film Big Night. Yes, dear listener, it is Weekend at Crombies and uh, we'll be reviewing the film Big Night tonight. My name is Dr. James Evans, Esquire. Sometimes the spaghetti likes to be alone. And I am Hugh. Bite your teeth into the ass of life. <laughs> now, if um, if listeners have been um, following recent episodes of the podcast you'll know that our quotes at the start have been very similar I they had, had you just stole that one off me oh really well i here's had the spaghetti th- line did you well here's the, the thing yes. here's the thing i had the ass one and thought i bet he's going to choose that i'm going to choose the spaghetti one i had the spaghetti one and kept the ass in the back just in case you went forward with the spaghetti one well there we go and i chose the spaghetti one because i thought you'd have the ass one well there you go Whew. we are simpatico uh, it, uh, our cycles are synchronizing <laughs> they are indeed yes yeah, so um big night and it's you know there's it's like no, two it's... italian brothers in 1950s new jersey trying to introduce fine cuisine to america <laughs> indeed it is not there's no definitive article though it's just big night and that's gonna that's gonna cause me problems uh, cause you problems. I mean, <laughs> I, we i have i have laid down a minefield of bad accent impersonations if oh, i get I through wait. this if i get through this i'll be doing well well, you, 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 your accents will be no worse than those in the film, but Ooh, let's go. We'll do we'll the analysis a bit later. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, this was Hugh's choice, and as tradition befits, whether it's Hugh's choice or not, um, he will go through the synopsis of the film, and I will interject with witty quips or not, as the case may be. So this could be the quickest synopsis ever. It's uh, it's um, 1950s New Jersey. Oh, we uh, always say this. <laughs> I'll I'll do it in a sentence. Two two, two brothers hold a gala night in their failing Italian restaurant in the hopes of reviving their business. Yes, but it's That's so much it. more than that, it's though, so isn't it? much more Come on. But, but, but if, you wanted to, if you wanted to list the plot, it's, 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 the, you know, it's the simplest story I think we've ever had. It is a, yeah. It's an incredibly straightforward story, although it's not, of course. But um, there's reasons why I pick it. But yeah, so we'll begin anyway, as we do in the traditional fashion. It's 1950s New Jersey. Um, and we're in a, a the Paradise Italian restaurant uh, that is owned and run by uh, two brothers, uh, Secundo, uh, Stanley Tucci, um, who is kind of the proprietor, the waiter, the the the, the business or, or, or um, organizer, and his elder brother Primo, of course Primo Secundo, first and second. Primo, um, he, who's the chef, the the genius chef. He's uh, incredibly passionate, incredibly driven, um, and and incredibly focused on just the food, and that's I mean, paid by about Tony. A lack of imagination from their parents as well pretty much <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it's in italian so it sounds a bit more sophisticated than it is but it's just first and second i know when you've got to imagine poor little trio is on the, the banks of the Trieste, <laughs> <laughs> waving I, I, you'd want to be called quattro because then you could at least add formaggio at the end and that would be cool wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, though I know someone who named their kids one, two, three, four, five. It's, it's very organized, I approve. Um, but anyway, we have <laughs> Primo and Secondo. And um, again, the, uh, they, they have an Italian restaurant, but they have almost zero customers um, because, I mean, essentially the implication is um, they're cooking really good Italian food <laughs> and the Americans are too Philistines to want this. There's a, a fantastic yeah. scene at the beginning when um, when uh, Stanley Tucci is, is coming out to this, you know, American middle-aged couple and the woman is basically prodding her risotto uh, which is the house specialty saying, you know, where's the spaghetti? Can I get <laughs> spaghetti? <laughs> and the, it's wonderful because um, Stanley Tucci is is in full charm mode. You know, well, yeah, well madam. And then she goes, there'll be spaghetti, right? And he goes, no, what? <laughs> and he, goes, he immediately snaps, are you mad? And no, oh, no, sometimes spaghetti likes to be yellow. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, and you can order, you can order some spaghetti. You can, you can order a side of spaghetti. We're gonna have a side of meatballs as well. And he's desperately trying to explain that <laughs> rice is a starch and spaghetti is a starch. You don't need to. In fact, uh, to to 
detour immediately it um it reminds me of when i took uh, my good lady wife to uh, a restaurant in wales for the first time and uh, i had the, the waiters had to explain why they were also serving chips with the pasta um <laughs> because, because and, it's wales yeah because it's, it's, it's she, was, like, she can understand the concept of half and half where you have half yeah, chips yeah, and half yeah. half whatever the rice or the pasta is and it was like well, why are you giving me potatoes with my pasta they're both starch and the, the the answer in this really quite nice restaurant it wasn't like a chip shop it was like well we got so many complaints when we didn't we just started doing it oh really yeah. <laughs> so it's like it was a beautiful like linguine um, oh, cabanara no. and then also here's your tureen of chips next to it <laughs> Ah. But this would not have gone down well with Primo because when, when Secunda just comes in and says, "Can I have some spaghetti?" He's like, "Oh, is this a Philistine?" <laughs> we started the act- listeners will think that he was exaggerating the oh. accent there, but he really isn't. <laughs> uh, if, if, in, in Stanley Tucci's defence, he has Italian blood, and um, Tony Shalhoub, yeah. of course, is blessed that he could play any Eastern Mediterranean European character because he's, um, I think, he's of, Leban- he's of Lebanese or, or descent, Lebanese descent. But yeah. he's, he's got that look where he can play anything. Um, he's Mediterranean, isn't he? So I think he, he, his his Italian accent, I think, sounds most authentic. To be honest, if slightly, <laughs> if slightly on the ripe side. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But they, they they actually they do play they do play quite well as two people who are learning English as a second language because they, they, there's a scene where they are forcing each other to talk to each other in English to practice their their, their language and this kind of stuff. So anyway, the restaurant's not going well. Um, also, again, uh, Primo is a bit of a, a, a wallflower. He doesn't go out much. He's like he's got a few sort of artistic regulars who you know will will sit in the cat in the restaurant and, and exchange paintings for for meals. And there's a an, an Italian barber that he'll he'll hang out with and exchange um, his leftover risotto for glasses of grappa and a good whinge. But yeah. he doesn't really have a social life. Well, um, I suppose in in effect, Primo isn't a business person, is he? He's not. He's not interested in money. He's not interested in the business. He's interested in the art of serving good food, traditional food. Um, whereas Secondo is the business person. He wants to. He wants the business to be successful, and he's whatever the business needs to be. I suppose in that context. Whereas Primo is much more of a. I. I uh, he's a soup Nazi. To quote <laughs> Seinfeld, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Secundo has drive. He um. Yeah, he does. Uh, have drive. They both have drive, don't they? They just. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, yeah, so, because uh, Primo is not lazy by any means. He just doesn't no. care about anything that isn't making food. Yeah. Um. Or, or actually presenting, because again, he. Uh, the, uh, he's formed a good relationship with the with the flower lady who's played yeah. by Alison Janey because he you know he likes not only because he likes the flower he's, he's got a soft spot for her but he wants he wants them to the flowers and the ambiance to be nice yeah. as well and he must pick exactly the right thing he's really he's very much he's an artist yeah, isn't he he's very much so um whereas Secundo again he's he he wants to have a you know a car he's got an American girlfriend uh, played by Minnie Driver, Driver um and he and he looks kind of longingly at the Italian restaurant across the road. Um, Pascal's, um, which is basically, uh, it's vibrant, it's nightclub-y, um, it's mm. the place to be, it's always they busy. They serve spaghetti and meatballs. They serve spaghetti and meatballs. And of course, this, this is this outrageous primo. It's just basically, he sees this as the, the McDonald's of of, um, of Italian food. They just leave I mean, serve it. isn't though, is he? It? it looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and anything in this movie looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As I was, you know, munching my bowl of cereal watching this thing. <laughs> I'd give anything. Uh, this is a scene at the end when the, the tables are just He's looking at the leftovers again. I would murder those leftovers. I just, oh, I, could, yeah. I don't yeah. need, I don't need the the, the Van Maxen food. I just go and pick off the, the plates. It looks delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my role in Big Night. I'm just a little feral rat that, that, that goes amongst the dustbins. <laughs> the baldric of the film. But notwithstanding, um, we've got um, so Pascal um, is is uh, a rival restaurant, but of course they're on they're good terms, basically because um, Paradise is nowhere near a rival at all they're, they're always empty and this kind of stuff in fact well pascal played um by ian home channeling his most roberto benini impression oh i think i've ever seen in my life <laughs> we'll, we'll come to his portrayal because i'm going to come to that in the themes but yeah it's, <laughs> yeah it's he's played better accents um <laughs> But he's 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 a he's an energetic little Italian uh, entrepreneur, and he's got the whole kind of thing like I'll come to your table, have a drink, look after my friend, will you? And all, these, you know, all this kind of um, mind host and uh, bonhomie and this kind of stuff with his uh, and his beautiful wife um, Gabriella, played by Isabel Rossellini. Who yeah, I mean the does, cast is oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, does, yeah. well they've got um, Liv Schreiber as the doorman. Yes, indeed, I noticed that as well with no lines. Above me, yeah, just hello. There's no speaking lines. <laughs> he just looks a few times. Yeah. So when was this made? Was it? Was it? Pre- ninety five. So it would have been just yeah, before the Schreiber- Schreiber- yes. ninety five or ninety six. 
I think he was enough of a person to have a line. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, possibly, but it might have just been at the cusp. He might have made a movie before this that became successful, but he was contracted to do this, or this was made beforehand but came out later. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so, um, so yeah, it's got a good cast in it. So, um, so Pascal is almost like a mentor, or so appears to Secundo, um, which is where he makes these lines like sink your by sink your teeth into the ass of life. <laughs> um, but he's 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 like you know you must be dynamic, you must project success, you must do all these wonderful things. And yeah, he doesn't um, he won't. Secundo comes to him for money because he basically the business is going under. But he says I won't do that. Um, but what I will do is uh, I'll give you I'll inspire you. Look at you know, look at my wall of celebrities who eat at Pascal's. That's um, there's Humphrey Bogart. Uh, there's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's Louis Prina. Um, I know Louis Prina. He's coming to town next week. I tell you what, I will get Louis Prina to eat at your restaurant, um, and then you know that will turn your business around if, uh, if Louis Prina's patronised it. And this, after about half an hour, kicks in the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is well, spent on. It, it is, God. but there's there's a scene with the bank clerk as well, the bank manager, oh, yes. which which gives the which gives the big night that Pascal has, you know, I did inverted commas there, the big night that Pascal has <laughs> uh, promised um, <coughs> uh, Secundo uh, an, an edge because the, the bank manager is basically foreclosing on the restaurant if they don't pay up what they owe by the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's done for. And in fact, again, Mini Driver of Phyllis is the uh, the bank clerk um, mm. who works in the bank. Uh, she is She's in a relationship with Secunda. They kind of they're making out vigorously in the back of his car, but they won't go any further. Um, well, he uh, won't. I get the impression she wants to. Yes, yeah. Um, she, she, yes, uh, but he's he's kind of um, he's basically says he's, he can't he can't commit to it until he's set. And I think it's partly, I think it's partly the uh, you know, the fears of the, he's not he's not successful yet. But um, also yeah, we'll we'll come off we'll come we'll find out a bit later that he's not completely averse to sex. It's it's just either he just, idolizes her as a potential wife and therefore doesn't want to get have sex before marriage, or he's just um, not that into her or something. <laughs> or, or perhaps he's a womanizer. Or womanizer, yes. Um, that's you know. all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then wouldn't he just slept with her as well? Maybe, yeah, true. He'd, he'd be just his whole thing, like, maybe he's a controlling sociopath. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Either, who, none who of these better? options are particularly pleasant. No, who better than Stanley Tucci for all this role? Anyway, yeah, so... Um, exactly. But yes, so what we've got now is is the preparations for the big night and the big night itself. Mm. Um, so this is all about Louis Prina's coming. We must we must basically get the last of our savings scraped together for an enormous party to revive the fate the fate, the fate yeah. of the restaurant. Of course, Primo still doesn't really understand why this is needed. He's no, just like, a... well, why do we need this person to come? Surely we just make nice food and then they why turn can't up? it just be about the food? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's and again the um there's there's a an earlier scene when he's just when Secundo is trying to convince him to to make the menu cheaper like the risotto takes a lot mm. of time and money to make and he's like can we can we take risotto and people goes yes that's fine you know what what, what can we put instead oh i know um it's a, it's it's a, a hot dog <laughs> 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 and it's just delivered because <laughs> it takes yeah. a long time to get to that it's yeah. like Secundo's going oh great we can change the menu this is fantastic <laughs> a hot dog we'll do a hot dog instead <laughs> So clearly they're not quite seeing eye to eye. Secundo is about the business and uh, and mm. um, about the food. Although again, when the, when they when they prepare food together, there's a, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of there's a, there's a chemistry there, isn't there? Yeah, Secundo is not just about you know serving food and counting money. He gets the, the cutting knife, chops the garlic off, and the two of them will talk about you know you're putting too much olive oil there. It's not enough salt and that kind of stuff. So there's a there's a lovely chemistry and that happens a few times in the movie um, when they they just cook together. Not enough for my liking, but it does happen a few times. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I could have handled more of that. Um, but so the uh, and and the preparations for the night happen. So the, in in the preparations for the night, um, Primo is uh, is trying to invite the the, the florist he has a crush on, Alison Janey, um, Anne, to the um, to he the. Can't, can he? he can't, he's an imbecile. Well, he, this is the funny thing. He's way too tongue-tied <laughs> to even. We'll, we'll come out how he managed to open up <laughs> later on. But he's basically. Um, <laughs> as she like, drops this enormous insight, you've got anything tonight? Well, I've I've got a book I'm starting to read. Oh, yeah. nice story, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got this party, and she's obviously keen to be invited. Yeah, and uh, he's just like, okay, then enjoy your book. <laughs> <laughs> Gradually creeps out of the uh, the shop. 
Although, mind you, again, uh, she was the one who the party. Personally, if I'd said, I'm going home to read a book when I come to a party, I'd, oh, I'd God, mean, yeah. I'm going home to read a book. Yeah, it's damn right. <laughs> um, no one's getting me to a party. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, they get all these you know, wonderful fish and they get the vegetables. And uh, on his, on mini, um, Phyllis turns up to uh, to help with the preparations. They they start the preparations, like, you know, rolling their own pasta and this kind of stuff, making something called a timpania, which is this um, just like a, a kettle drum full of pasta and meatballs. Yeah, amazing, and they like bakes for a long time so it's like a, a, a pasta pie because yeah. um, Prima says we're going to make a timpania yeah. and then Secunda goes well no we haven't got enough time for that yeah. and then they just make it <laughs> <laughs> and they've got loads of time because then Secunda goes off to get some cheap alcohol and yeah. sleep with Isabella Rossellini for about four yeah. hours That's so they have loads of time well then when you see what they prepared you're thinking how do they have the time because literally you know <clears throat> Uh, it takes me half an hour to put cheese on toast together. <laughs> That's the magic of Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and there's only three of them in the kitchen. But yeah, so, this is, um, yeah, and one of them is is bogged off to sleep with Isabella Rossellini. They will come to that. You're, you're clearly keen to get to this. As is so, uh, <laughs> so uh, Secundo, uh, say, leaving his his girlfriend Phyllis in the kitchen to help out, um, dashes off to do on the booze run, but st- swings swings by uh, the secret love flat of uh, of Gabriella, which she's waiting for him, um, where they. Uh, Clearly, make uh, passionate but very hurried sex, <laughs> and then he, um, I think, he goes up to. So he's he's cheating on uh, Pascal's wife. Oh, not cheating on Pascal, but Pascal's wife is cheating on him. Uh, yeah, she Secunda. is the seducee. Yes, yes. Well, she, <laughs> she's she's cheating. Cheating. he's cheating on Phyllis. That's Lovely it. Phyllis. He's cheating on Phyllis. She's cheating on uh, Pascal. Pascal. Um, yeah. Phyllis uh, isn't cheating on anyone. No, but they, they, again, he doesn't seem. They don't seem madly unhappy by it but I don't seem that happy either it's just kind of like yeah. it's just like it's basically it was something else to do while he got the booze right it was like this um i've got it's like a list to check off it's like, i need to get the fish I need to get the veg I need to sleep with gabrielle I need to get the booze <laughs> it's a busy day if, 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 I'd, I'd like to know the situation where sleep with isabella rossellini was on my shopping list but, <laughs> I mean, to be honest that would absolutely terrify me that would <laughs> given given what i've seen in blue velvet it would absolutely <laughs> terrify me I'm like, do I do I have to? <laughs> Please, I just want to go home and read a book. <laughs> uh, and so, while whilst waiting for his his booze arrival to come, he plays a guitar with a Cadillac salesman who um, which is, is a bit, isn't it? It's an odd bit. Then ends you, up coming to the party. Yeah, the the Cadillac salesman is, it's it's a very character role because he's. He's in ways a good salesman and a terrible salesman. He's he lacks any kind of personal warmth because <laughs> um, he, he literally just says things that salesmen say. Like he's he's like um you're from Italy, yes, uh, beautiful country. You've never been? No, um, <laughs> he just moves on. Says, yeah, he's got he's got a um, cast on his arm, and so yeah. Prima goes, "You got a cast on your arm? How did you do that? No idea." Yes, it's weird. It's like, huh? <laughs> and this is because he doesn't want to reveal anything personal about himself. He just wants to get, you know, open up mm. these people and get, yeah. and get um, Secundo talking and have him buy the Cadillac. Uh, and he's got a permanent lollipop in his mouth, which he keeps even during the restaurant scene. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? Get rid of that he's, he's, horrible, yeah. sticky sweet. Yeah. T- taste the pasta. Yeah, but so he, again, he, the, the Cadillac salesman also gets invited to the big night, which he does come along. I think we uh, don't know. We don't know whether Secundo has actually purchased a Cadillac, though. I think it's fair to assume he doesn't, because he had sixty-two dollars left in his bank account. <laughs> then why, why would the Cadillac owner want to come? Well, for free Italian food, to see Louis Prima. Yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> you yeah, sold we're, we're, it to me. We're working on the assumption that Louis Prima is coming along. Um, yeah, I suppose you've got to really like Louis Prima, though, haven't you? <laughs> to go yeah. to to go to a party where you don't know anyone, it was someone you've just met. I'd be thinking yeah, no. this is very suspicious. As, as Secundo said, he's not just anyone; he's a famous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those not familiar with louis prima um he was a, a both a, a famous uh, italian american trumpeter and vocalist um yeah. who played the voice of king louis in the jungle book absolutely which i believe was the role they wanted for louis armstrong which I, makes me suspicious did they just have a character called louis and would say anyone famous called louis can play oh, this because no, yeah, who exactly. was their next choice yeah that's true isn't it yeah anyway um I'm trying so, to think of some famous Louis now. I know, you see, I can't, I can't. There's only two. Louis the Sixteenth. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so the the big night is is finally kicking off now. Um, it it begins with a lot of booze because they have to wait for Louis Primo to Primo to come along. Um, uh, so they're just knocking back the booze uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, and and there's, uh, yeah, there's loads of people that we don't know who they are. No, no. Um, really, just people. There's, I think there's, there's the artist who exchanges food. There's a local vicar. Get, people are just, and they will hang there's out. There's a black woman. 
<laughs> no context <laughs> at all. No one even says hello to. She. <laughs> She's just there. She's just there having a time of her life because uh, I'm not yeah. saying a black woman can't be there. No, but. but She's slightly out of context well, in the rest of the film. Could have given her a line, like, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a name. Yeah. Um, but there's a, but they're, all, they're all knocking back the booze and having a good time, as you would if you're just slugging back the booze and expecting Louis Prima to arrive. Um, and and yeah, even even uh, Pascal and Gabriella arrive, so you know, ramping up the tension um, to maximum. And uh, again, with, uh, oh, I suppose we should say also at this point when Anne turns up, having been invited by Secundo on behalf of Primo. So Anne the florist has, has turned up and um, and uh, Primo has, again, after some nerves initially welcoming her, he takes her to the kitchen and becomes an entirely different character. There's no yeah. more kind of nervous shuffling. He cannot stop talking about the food. And he's actually quite charming. It's like, because like, yeah. he says to someone who's had a crush on, and you know, and forlorn love for ages, he goes, oh, you know, it didn't belong here. I will take you there one day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're all, already married almost, aren't they? I know. It's can... a very dark uh, city, but it's beautiful. Yeah, and she's uh, and she's completely charmed by this. It's actually quite sweet. And he's like, yeah. he's constantly feeding her. He's popping food in her mouth and this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, this is all turned out lovely. Um, and then they they wait and they wait and they wait no longer and basically as um, people are now starting to lip sync and do the conga, uh, I think uh, Secundo gives and says now we eat and now this is kind of this is the uh, the money shot of the film where you just see all this food being presented. It's even got title cards like uh, Ilzuka, yeah it does yeah yeah uh, and you start to see the uh, the risotto being served and the, the suckling uh, pig oh god there's god. so much food and these dishes you could eat all of that. Well, I think I'd give it a good try. But. They're pretty drunk by this point, so they're definitely in kebab mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, I I don't know how I'd manage, but you would you would try. Um, you the, would. Uh, and, and the artichoke hearts and the asparagus and all this beautiful yeah, plates are coming out. They and cut, I, they cut the um. What's what's the name of that that timpania. dish? Yeah, they cut the timpania, didn't they? Oh, the and way they, the way oh they lift the lid off the timpania. They got they got these both both of them are lifting the lid off with nervous hands because it's got yeah, to remain intact. They're tapping it, aren't they, to oh, check no, the consistency of it? Listening to it to see if it's okay oh, inside. Yeah. It's yeah. the old family recipe, and again, it, it comes up. Um, again, uh, Pascal leaps from his chair, saying, "I should kill you! I should kill you! It's so good! I should kill you!" Uh, and it's it's quite well portrayed because as soon as the, you see all these people who you don't really know, they're, they're popping the food in their mouths, and they're just you know collapsing into the food. They're like they're sighing and they're going, "Oh my god, this is so nice!" Oh, this Cadillac man, we know Cadillac man. We know Cadillac, but we, we don't know, know Black woman. <laughs> <laughs> And they're just collapsing into the food, and you know, when, when it's all over, they just get let out this sigh, and it's like it's a couple of them. They just like lean back, pop their their belt buckle. It's open, orgasmic, like, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's very much it's like ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then they start to play party games all this stuff. All the time, Secundo is still fretting about the arrival of Louis Prima. Um, Primo, in fact, is actually having quite a good time now. He's actually organising the party games, saying it's a party, it's all good, it's fun, <laughs> um, and they're all doing this. Um, but uh, I think yeah, Secundo has has now lost hope of uh, of Louis Prima coming up, and so he slumps um he slumps in the in the the back in the, the broom closet basically. There is a big difference actually between what's into the kitchen and what's outside. It, outside in the restaurant is all warm light and fun, yeah. and it's all very cold dark light in the, the back room. So he's back there, uh, and Gabriella uh, decides to chew him up with a, a good old snog. <laughs> 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 to put two final points at which point of course they are caught by finish she sees them in flagrante and 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 she then takes the unusual step of, of leaving the party going which is swim. going for you know, tearing off her ball gown and then going for a swim in the north atlantic yes um, very, i mean I, I felt a little bit for mini driver because she's really in the north atlantic there yeah and it's night yeah phyllis is quite drunk by this point so that explains why she did it uh, and possibly mm. why she didn't have hypothermia but um yeah. it's, she could, but also she, i always thought that was an opportunity just to see mini driver come out of the water it, in it did, just a yeah. sheer corset it did feel a bit a bit fictitious. and of course the one saving grace is it's the 1950s so even underwear is you know like four layers of, of outerwear but um it doesn't leave yeah. a lot to the imagination mini, yeah mini driver is quite damp uh, as she emerges <laughs> from the sea um <laughs> And and then yeah, just God. storms off, you know, basically saying to, to Secundo that he's done. And now we come to the the beach. Um, and as as they're all leaving to this, uh, Gabriella and Pascal are also leaving. And um, Gabriella kind of throws over her shoulder, "Don't hold your breath for Louis Prima." And uh, Prima was like, uh, "What?" No, well, Pascal's like, "Don't shut up, shut up, shut up." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Even Gabriella, it was obvious. Yeah, and Gabriella is like, she, she says, "Is the best meal I've ever tasted." Prima, you worked so hard for this, you're getting the proof. <laughs> He's never coming. He was never going to come. Pascal never even called him. Um, and so hope shattered. Um, 
Primo and Secundo um, find each other on the beach and basically have it out. Basically, Primo has had an off fight. They don't they don't make love. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have it off. They have it out. <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically, Primo has had. Uh, they find out the truth of the restaurant is basically sunk. Um, Primo has had an offer from their uncle back in Rome um, to go and work in his his restaurant, um, and. So Secundo can't countenance this because he he came to America. He says you work and work in Italy and you get nowhere. America is opportunity. America is is a place where you can work and advance yourself. Again, Primo sees America as again this Philistine country. They don't appreciate good risotto, so they have very different outlooks. And Secundo is saying, "You go, I'll stay." And it's quite sweet why they fight because actually they still want to be together despite the fact they are have very different outlooks and are pulling in opposite directions. Primo wants Secundo to come back with him. He says, let's go back to, to Italy together. Um, and he's saying, why are we staying here? This place is rotting. It's it's tearing us apart. Um, and Secundo is like, you know, I have to carry you. You don't think of anything. I've been carrying us for the last two years. And they basically just lay into each other. They, they have, actually have a fight. They throw each other into the sand. And they're basically screaming their frustrations. They're not, they don't, they're not violent in the sense that they want to hurt each other. They just no. they just can't hold it anymore. Yeah, it's an explosion of frustration rather than rage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, Secundo um, kind of comes back to the restaurant where he finds Pascal tinkling the ivories. Um, and <laughs> that's playing <laughs> the piano, not masturbating. <laughs> and he basically says, "Why did you? Why did you destroy us? Um, was it because of Gabriella and uh, Pascal? Like, no, a woman grow up. I wouldn't do it with a woman. Um, I did it. To, I did it to force you to work for me." He's basically saying, uh, yeah. "He's like saying, I basically, I was. Yeah, you were always going to go out of business. I just needed to hurry along so you'd come and work for me because you, you know, because your brother is a genius and I need him to work for me. And this is a point where Secundo actually vocalizes how he feels about Prima, saying, "My brother is so in a world." above you you know mm. he, everything he does is real you are nothing um and pascal comes back actually saying i'm a businessman i'm whatever i need to be yeah. what are you secundo yeah which is interesting because secundo was almost know, does he? he was almost trying to idolize pascal and become him because yeah. he was he was aping a lot of his you know look after my friend get him a drink i'm the, I'm the man of the restaurant but they that that phone in his face i will say interestingly that's the uh, the least italian and um, we'll come on to yeah, the accent Ian but it's, yeah but it's, <laughs> yeah, he just becomes british then doesn't he well, I, I can't. Um, maybe there's a thing about Pascal, but yeah, it's, he's, it's it's the least Italian he sounds when he just goes, "I'm whatever I need to be." Um, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he will come to the, the, the he knows performance in the, the songs. But with that, um, it's almost the last word spoken. Then the uh, Secundo goes into the um, the it's in the stand morning. They've gone on the party's gone until three, and then there's the aftermath. So now this is the after party. Um, Cristiano, the hard put upon waiter, is basically lying on the slab, exhausted. Yeah. And Segundo goes, "You hungry? I'll, I'll cook for you." So he just makes a simple omelette, yeah. and then we uh, see it all cooked from scratch. Yeah, as in silence, nothing else is spoken. Mm. One, makes, one, one cut, one long cut makes the omelette. Um, and and it's quite nice that he serves a third of it to Cristiano, yeah. a third of it to himself, and he keeps a third in the pan. And then when Primo comes back in, he just without saying anything gets him a plate and some bread and serves up. And then Cristiano walks off to give him a bit of privacy, doesn't he? Yeah, and they, they just sit there eating their omelette. And then it, like one of them puts his arm around him, they put their arm around each other, and like it's a it's a wonderful moment between the two of them. Mm. And, and that's, that's it. it. That's the end of the film, isn't it? Cut to black, yeah, finetto. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so that was you know forty minutes, pretty quick. There you go. <laughs> in less time it takes to cook a timpani. Very good to you. Um, well, I mean, uh, uh, we've we've partaken of the first course of the uh, podcast. Um, dear listener, please join us for the second course. This is this. I'm on a roll here. This is pretty good. <laughs> Ooh, oh God, I don't know. I'm getting stressed. I don't know if I can continue. Join us for the second course where uh, we'll be diving into the delicious delectations of Hugh's analysis of the film and the reason why he chose it. So please do join us then. Very good. Welcome back, dear listener. Um, yeah, so Hugh, you you chose Big Night. It was it was your choice for this month's weekend at Crombies. Um, I will admit to having never heard of this film before in my life, um, but I'm obviously intrigued, as I'm sure our listeners are, as to why you chose Big Night. And um, give us a little flavour of your kind of initial thoughts. Right. Um, several motives. Uh, the first one. Um, 
was of course we'd had two other films with Stanley Tucci this year. He infiltrated the weekend at Crombie's Canon, so I thought we've got to close off the Tucci trilogy um, with uh, <laughs> with Big Night. Who who knows? It might still be a quadrilogy. Oh dear me! We what were the other two films? I know um, one of them was um... Quick Change and the um, oh, the yeah. photographer one. It's got yes. the, uh, the Private Eye. Um, yeah, yes, of course. So... Quick, it was Quick Change. Yeah, of course yeah. he's in that. And and Shalhoub. Was it? He was, wasn't Shal- he? Yeah, he Shal-Hub was in Quick Change. Wow. Yeah. Well, I I, I apologise to Tony Shalhoub. Maybe we did a third Shalhoub film. Wow. He, he, play, he plays he plays the heavily accented Middle Eastern man in Quick Change. <laughs> Carving out his career. So um so that was the, the that was probably what what um started spinning around my head and put it in the front mm. of my mind. But I'd had it at the back of my mind as just again a film I'd watched very close actually to its release. I remember it was in the days when um you'd get uh trailers at the front of uh, blockbuster videos and oh, they're yeah. actually they were worth watching. Um yeah. so you'd I so I clearly had this, you know, art house film at the front. It, it struck a chord with me. So when I had the chance to watch it, which would I have hired it directly or I just caught it like Channel 4's Sundance Festival? Probably that. But I, I made an effort to watch it and, and again, really liked it. But this was 20 years ago now. So um, it was to see if I really did still like it. One thing that did stick with me, um, apart from the accents, was the food. I, I remember it being an absolute hymn to the glory of Italian food. Um, and so I, I wanted to revisit that again. Um, and just again, it was interesting. A lot of these actors were at the beginning of their careers. So it was it was nice to revisit that too. I mean, it's interesting you say about the trailers because you're right at the start of blockbuster videos, you'd rent one and then there'd be about five or six trailers of the films. I used to love that. Absolutely. And, um, but I think partly because you used to pay attention to them because they were the only places you watched trailers, unless you went to the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you didn't get YouTube or anything like that. You just watched the trailers on the start of the video. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because again you'd get things like this. It wasn't it wasn't that because <coughs> yeah. I guess the trailers were not the popular movies who had their own marketing stuff. It was like, where can we just stick this so anyone will see it? Oh well, let's push this on there. I, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched the trailer for this actually before I watched the film just to see, and um, it's funny because I don't think the trailer's been updated since the mid nineties, and it's <laughs> it, it, the trailer has dated quite badly because it starts with Primo and Secondo are Italian brothers, <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> the kind of quirky. Hey, yes, and everybody, we are Italian. They've started a business. Oh my God, we gotta find the business money. It's all this kind of stuff. But now it'd be a bit more sophisticated, I think. Well, you see, I've, I've wrote that now. Now in trailers, they they don't want the you know, the voice of God narrating it. No. So that in every movie, it almost has to write out a character defining the plot that can be clipped and put in yeah, the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you watch a movie and a character goes, "We have to do this thing in the next twenty four hours," like that's going in the trailer now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, which is a strange way of means of writing movies anyway so yeah so that was what stuck with me i suppose in many ways it's it, well, it's very much not a weekend at crombie's film because it uh, it certainly washed its face it was a budget of uh, just over four million and it made over 14 million um and it and won it awards critically critically acclaimed critically well. acclaimed one of the sundance awards and all that kind of business probably why it got stuck on the blockbuster trailers in the first place to be seen by other people um but it's it's yeah i think it's fallen out of human memory and yeah, no one no one cites Big Night anymore, um, so I thought let's let's resurrect it and give it a good old look. Well, I think that's a fair point because Weekend at Crombies isn't just about films that were unsuccessful. It might also it is also about films that perhaps have had their time in the light but have fallen from grace for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think part of that is true because, again, not saying that I am an encyclopedic knowledge of films, but I'd never heard of Big Night at all. And in the mid nineties, I, you know, I would have been a I would have been a cinema goer. Yeah. You know, we get videos out. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of it at all. I think it's because it's not called The Big Night. I think <laughs> if it was The Big Night, it would have been everywhere. Well, yeah, I'm trying to work out. They worked out whether films with The in the Front did better or not, because, of course, Titanic was just Titanic. It wasn't mm. The Titanic. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because I obviously never even clocked this in the cinemas. It would it was a VHS um, yeah, blockbuster yeah. hire. And I think it was just the once. It was, it was literally, had I not chanced upon that, Thing, it would have passed me by too. It's it's a it's a film that's easy to pass by. Like I say, even if um, you know, even if Channel Four sold it, and let's say sold it as you know, this is Sundance movies you must watch, and you'd kind of feel inclined to. It's a hard sell. Just saying, oh, it's about an Italian restaurant. That's it. Well, you're right because I mean, you, you describe the plot in some detail, but there isn't a lot of plot. No, no. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's just not yeah. a lot of plot. <laughs> I mean, unless, unless the Channel Four advert, you know, led with Mini Drivers Swimming in the Ocean quite a lot, and no, that, mm. that would that would have enticed seventeen-year-old me to kind of race for the blockbuster thing. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's. <laughs> yeah. 
And the other thing is, you know, he, he, I was guess, but, uh, where was Ian Holmes' career at this point? He was doing fun stuff, and I was always enjoying well, it watching was, Ian it. Was Holmes. Pre, it would have been pre Lord of the Rings, though, wouldn't it? Definitely pre Lord yeah. of the Rings. Long time. But um, I guess, uh, well, <laughs> funny enough, though, I, I, I did an ear up for Ian Holmes because he'd done Lord of the Rings radio plays. So when he was in stuff, I was like, yes, it's Frodo, I recognise him. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so that was why I chose it. It was, uh, it was um, that's why I watched it in the first place and chose it. It was, yeah. uh, it was an interesting thing. But yeah, to. Yes. So what, what, what are your thoughts on the film? Some... Uh, thoughts of the film. Um, thoughts and themes. Thoughts and themes. Well, it's a terribly pretentious thing, but I maybe should end with it. I'll start with it, so it won't seem like I'm gonna. I've chosen this for my end because I said it to, to my viewing companion, um, and uh, she said you're going to use that in the podcast, aren't you? But I, I, I think it's right. Is that you know, like Italian food often has you know very simple ingredients, very well prepared and presented. It's the same with this film. It's it's a very simple, straightforward story with fantastic elements of of the character and moments, and indeed the way it's shot. You know, to think this was a. I don't know if it was a passion project by Stanley Tucci, he was the director and the, the writer and the yeah. producer, or just a way to get him, you know, to write a film that he could star in. But then again, there's probably easier ways to make your name than this. So I think it meant something to him. Um, and it's just really nice to watch. It's nice to be immersed in this world with these characters and kind of a, a day in their lives um, of this. It's, uh, I mean, the food is the the obvious thing. It's it's fantastic to see it being prepared. Um, I think you said you could have done with more of it, and so could I, I think, had this been made now, You'd have had a lot more food porn going on. You would have. Um, you would have. But but in ways, it's it's kind of the, the camera. It's not. It's probably it's, it's not about that kind of. You don't need to see you know the eggs being delicately battered in slow no, motion. It's and good, also, it's good, much it's, like yeah. all, all of these films, yeah, they're not about the food. Yeah, like I say, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. By stepping back, you, you see the food being prepared, but you see it in a in a wide shot with the people uh, with yeah, with Secundo and Prima standing there and it, and not talking but but communicating. And it's about that. It's how they they relate to the through the food um, or through the preparation of it is what's been important on this. Very good. So you want, I mean, there is, yeah, I mean, your good lady, her indoors has accurately um, described. I mean, that was, you were always going to use that, but it is, I mean, it's a fair point, isn't it? That Italian cooking can be simple. Um, and <clears throat> I, I often find that films with the, it, actually films, it's quite difficult to make a successful film out of simple um, ingredients, I suppose, really, if we're going to use the food analogy, because it's so easy to get wrong. Yeah. Um, I think... However, Hugh, this might be a film that we disagree on. Um, it might be the first one that we've disagreed on for a while, actually. Um, I wasn't won over by it. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know whether I had an expectation of what the film was going to be that it didn't quite live up to it or it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Possibly we'll come on to that. Um, but for me, that it's it's symptomatic of the first scene in the film so the the first scene in the film is the the camera starts with a, a view from the restaurant's kind of um kind of backyard as it were it's beautifully filmed it's like proper you know 35 millimeter it looks fantastic basically and the camera goes into the kitchen and they're serving <coughs> they're serving the risotto and um <coughs> they take it out to the philistines in the restaurant and they don't want the risotto they want the spaghetti and <clears throat> i really enjoyed that scene i thought it was fantastic because it was funny um it was funny it was it it it, it touched upon the stereotypes and the archetypes of what i think the characters in the film were going to be and a, a lot of the time they did live up to those archetypes i suppose i thought it was going to be a, a comedy of manners to a certain extent but that it would have heart and it would be about the relationship between primo and secondo which it was but that scene was the funniest scene in the film and i didn't laugh once afterwards and the problem with that is that the film may not be a comedy. I appreciate that. I think it isn't a comedy. I think it's a drama with comedic elements to it. But I didn't find the film in any way humorous. In fact, I found some of the attempts at humour a little bit awkward. And part of the challenge there is that I think the film, what, what, I, what, I, what I struggled with with the film was it was it felt to me like it was very almost semi-improvised. A lot of the scenes in it went on for too long. And there was a lot of what I felt awkward chemistry between a lot of the characters. I even go as far as to stay, say that actually the chemistry between Primo and Secundo in my mind wasn't fantastic. Yeah. I think I think Shalhoub is very, very good in this film. And he's for me the the draw and the heart of the film. Unfortunately, the film is more about Secundo <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> like him. 
Yeah. And that's a real problem because I found him very flawed as a character and not someone that I wanted to spend my time with, particularly, and I get this is ridiculous because he's a character in a film, but particularly when he spouted all of the claptrap at the start with um, Phyllis about wanting to make sure that he's set and all this kind of stuff. And in the end, he was sleeping with Gabriella. And, and I appreciate that people are like that. You know, people are complex, etc. But the film wasn't complex. The film yeah. didn't present itself to me as a particularly complex film. It was about two characters, one of which represented art, the other one which represented commerce. Um, and for me, it would have been much better if it was a comedy of manners that dealt with some of the relationship between those characters. As a consequence, the semi-improvisation didn't work. It didn't feel like it was rehearsed well enough. So there were points in it where I thought, this is really awkward. The, the scene in the car with Minnie Driver and, and Stunch is a prime example. It, I found that cringeworthy. It went on about five minutes too long. And they were basically saying the same thing. And while that might be real, I didn't think it was acted well enough for it to be convincing. To the point where I thought I'm going to have to stop this because I can't watch it. I can't watch it. It feels so cringeworthy. This comes to my second point, which is some of the secondary characters in it, outside of Secundo and Prima, I don't think they're well-rounded at all. So um, Phyllis, I don't, she doesn't really have anything to do in the film other than just be there, um, and it's a very she, she has a very odd role in the film as well because basically she's put upon quite a lot so Stanley Tucci doesn't treat her particularly well she keeps coming back and just saying okay I'm going to be here for you and there are points in the film where I don't know the their the chemistry their relationship doesn't work there's a point in the film where she says having come to help set the big night up as it were she she says okay I'm going now I'm going to do some shopping and then and then Secunda says okay yep, see you later and I'm thinking huh <laughs> what's that about why has that happened um in the same way that the, the decisions that she makes about going into the sea yes i appreciate she's slightly drunk there it just felt a bit gratuitous i suppose in some respects the same yeah. thing with with gabriella what's she there for and these are good actresses you know yeah mini driver and isabella rossellini th 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 they should be in a film where they're more involved in the storyline other than just to be ciphers and you, you, i think you hit the nail on the head when you said that this might have been a this probably was a stanley tucci passion project and i think the problem with that is that he, he i don't think i read around this a little bit i don't think that he felt like he was getting his dues with regards to lead <coughs> lead lead roles in films so he, he wrote a film for himself and he's presenting himself in that film in a particular way as this kind of um i suppose it's a he's a he's a i don't know an, an everyman i guess really but like a, a womanizer someone that you can i almost feel like you're expected to believe in him and want him to succeed and for me he was the least probably other than pascal the least um the the character i least wanted to do well in the film yeah. I, I was I was all up for Primo. I'm I'm a Primo man. Yeah, it was but interesting. Secundo, you said I about, didn't care yeah. for at all, and the problem is, is that I think he's the driving force in the film. It was interesting you mentioned again uh, Phyllis and Gabriella because they had <laughs> that one scene together after Phyllis was throwing up in the mm. plant pot when Gabriella kind of shows us some sympathy. Given that Gabriella knows that she's obviously, well, Gabriella doesn't like the idea of Secundo having a girlfriend, which is strange. Um, she's um, but <laughs> nonetheless she uh, they like to share a cigarette and they talk about you know what they like if they could go out west and mm. um then they, they again Phyllis makes some comment about you know these men they're just full of crap they 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 talk like they have secrets but they got nothing they all they do is talk they talk. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, I think there's more to her than just the put upon girlfriend, though she is pretty much put upon, and you don't blame her when she leaves. You, you question her when she goes swimming, but you think she's entirely right to leave. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and of course, well, I, I, of course you're a primo man because you're the uh, primo is the uh, the um, the one driven by passion and compromising. Secundo is trying to keep things on the rails. So yeah, yeah. Well, in, in many ways, man, aren't, aren't we? We're all primo men. Well, no, I'd say this is the microcosm of our podcast, is that <laughs> when someone has to be responsible and keep you on the rails, and someone has, someone has to be driven by uncompromising passion. But you're, you're right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and <coughs> what, I would never go I... for an afternoon bunk up with Isabella, Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> yeah, well, God, I couldn't do that. Um, <coughs> you, you're right. And I suppose despite being a primo man in this, and despite, despite kind of engaging a lot more with primo, even even but the problem was is that 
I, I felt the characterization of the two was too simple as well. So I, I get why it was done the way it was, but Primo is he's naive, isn't he? I mean, he, he really he just doesn't seem to understand business at all. And whilst I appreciate that in the context of the film, he needs to be that. He's the representative of the passion, the art and so on. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is that he, he, he would surely understand the need to compromise a little bit. Surely he would understand that in the same way that Secundo would equally understand the importance of creating a kind of artistic value to the food, right? You don't want to I, undersell I, yeah. your food. I mean, maybe Secundo is a bit more like that, but Primo isn't at all. I think he's just naive. He's a bit of an imbecile. Well, it was interesting because it, until the, the actual night when Secundo takes Primo aside and says, this has to, this night has to go well or we're done for, he never really mentioned money before. He danced around it a lot. Like say when he talked about um, getting risotto off the menu, um, mm. which was his attempt to cut costs, he didn't say we've got to cut costs because they're foreclosing. He was dressing it up as, oh, we, it'll be simpler, it'll be easier. And that's when Primo comes back with the hot dog. So they, they, never, re they never really open up to that extent with each other. Um, it seems like mm. Secundo is taking on the business because he wants to be the entrepreneur. He wants to be the big man. Um, and Primo is quite happy to, to be the chef. And again, they, they, in their big fight, Primo is, is, is yelling at Secundo, I tried to teach you, but you won't learn, um, which is strange because almost he's then taking the role of the elder brother as in like, I, I know what's best, even though you're right, he's a complete naive in, again, he doesn't even drive a car. He doesn't talk to the bank, he, all this kind of stuff. So I thought that was, it was interesting, especially when you got that older brother, younger brother dynamic, which is not what you'd expect it to be. You wouldn't, um, you wouldn't expect the younger brother to to take charge so much. Um, yeah. But you're right, he'd be right. He is, is but you're also saying, yeah, um, when Secundo's side of it is yelling, you know, I have to look after you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, but it, even then, it, it, I don't, I just didn't, I didn't find it realistic enough. I don't know whether it's the, the writing, whether it was too improvised yeah. or whether there was something missing in it. I mean, I'll tell you even, what it the is, Alison yes. Janney character as well yeah. was, she's, I, what I saw was her acting. I, I saw everybody acting. Yeah. It didn't feel natural to me. And yeah. I, I don't know why, because I'm I'm very much in the um I'm in the minority. Having looked at some of the reviews of this film, it's yeah. very effusive. And I can understand yeah. why it's successful and I can understand why it's critically acclaimed. It looks good, yeah. it's got a good cast. I don't think it's particularly well acted, I have to say. Yeah. I think the chemistry isn't there, but it's one of those slice of life films which just seems to connect. Yeah. What you did here was, I know what the problem is, you uh, you spoiled your palate by watching the comedic trailer, which, which sounds good in the film. Whereas I'm going from the uh, the, the childhood memory of the nice, you know, nice plate of risotto uh, that kind of brings it all back <laughs> oh, to me. So yeah, I've got the roasted it. glasses and you've got the bitter taste of, of the trailer in your mouth. And that's maybe how the, we're heading yeah, in two different directions. Yeah, maybe when I watched the film, I was left hungry for more. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that was the I, problem. I agree with you, yeah. Having, I mean, I, I loved the first half too. Um, because again, when I first saw it, I was I was hoping for lots more hijinks around customers who want spaghetti with their risotto, mm, and, and, mm. and that would have been brilliant. Um, but of course, it wasn't about that. And I remember when I first no. watched it, I was left feeling a bit what because um, because Louis Prima didn't come up, and I thought because I, I was used to movies having a, a an ending, um, yeah, a solution. There is a solution, solution and a, any kind of resolution, even if the, it was the bank taking the restaurant away. But it, you know, it wasn't that at all. So having been braced for that for the, the watch now. I was I was prepared to just sink back and enjoy the performances and the visuals, um, and I suppose that did bring out some of the performances to sharper contrast, like the the, the rather strange Cadillac salesman, and I think maybe maybe now the time is to address it, Ian Home, uh, Sir Ian Home, <laughs> um, because um, my goodness, um, I mean, he just. Uh, He's yeah. so ill cast in this film. He is. Do you know what? He's so ill cast. Uh, and we say this because again, his 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 performance. You know, if if you were watching it with subtitles on, wouldn't have been so bad. Um, right. He's he's big and boisterous, and in many ways false, but he's meant to be. Yes. Um, his accent is just awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. And I, it's, it's right. It's so awful. I was starting to think, is this intentional? Did they intentionally cast someone? with a bad Italian accent yeah. to represent that Pascal is false. Because I, when I was watching it, I started to listen. I don't think Pascal ever speaks Italian. I'm not saying he's not Italian, but it's like he's so Americanized now. Like you say, he, he serves spaghetti and meatballs, you know, out of a yeah. can. He's, yeah. He yeah. doesn't he has speak jazz, jazz at his restaurant. You Again, know, he, um, yeah, because yeah, when, because like, you know, Primo, when he goes to the barbers, drinks grappa. When, um, yeah. when Secunda goes to Pascal's place, he orders scotch and soda. Like yeah. he's, he's so Americanized and, you know, homogenized and all this kind of stuff and doesn't, even and though he 
likes the to, to portray himself as you know the oh i'm an italian uh, restaurateur yeah, when yeah. He, he's not really every he's whatever he needs to be he's he's entirely false entirely contrived which is why i mentioned his last statement didn't have an italian accent i'm not saying Ian Herb had given up on it at this point mm. maybe it was an intention <laughs> of um just let it drop a bit i'm not saying that excuses his his atrocious accent throughout the film but surely no, to god but, they could have found yeah. an italian american actor to portray pascal well i mean you know Joe Pesci would have been good in that role. Any, yeah, any, I mean, right? yeah. Well, any, any, anyone. I mean, Roberto Benigni. It's it's his role. I think for me, you, the the accent is the accent's part of it. I hadn't thought about the the line where he says, "I'm anything I need to be," and with the accent dropping. I'm not sure I buy that as a deliberate thing though, because I just didn't get any impression of that throughout the film. I don't think the film, I almost feel like it's going to sound awful. The, that's too clever for this film. I thought it, there's some deliberate choices. If you think about the uh, the scene, an initial scene with Pascal and Secunda, they're in his office and mm. there's a very strange positioning of the desk lamp. Um, yeah, you, uh, it's weird, yeah, isn't it? Uh, uh, it's Pascal, in their faces, isn't it? It's, it the desk lamp is, it, the way it's shot, there's a, there's a lamp on the desk, Pascal is, <laughs> is on the desk and Secunda is standing um, in, or sitting in the in the armchair and the way it's framed is it's a long lamp so you just see Pascal's eyes and yeah. it's almost a case of making him seem deliberately insincere and this is before we know he's false this is before we yeah. know he's yeah. so because if, if you don't see someone's kind of if someone's smile doesn't reach their eyes kind of you know it's an indication they're they're not what they appear to be and all and all you see is you're hearing this bonhomie but you're just seeing eyes that are dead and then when it flips back from the reverse angle and you see Secundo he is kind of imprisoned in the, the two bars of the lamp the lamp goes down and he's in the middle it's like yeah pascal's got him he's got his hooks into him so once again this is probably me reading more into it but i think they they tried i think they tried to it was more than just they could have shot that scene with a lot less effort um without trying to get any kind of meaning to it and i thought that was yeah. that was a good attempt it's a fair point and maybe yeah i i, I again i i think you probably thought they've left the lamp there as continuity will suffer for that it's not it's yeah i didn't think that because obviously that was a decision that they've made you know you don't you don't leave <laughs> that in the <laughs> film if it's a mistake do you you know you maybe they shot the scene once like oh my god we left the lamp there. <laughs> yeah they that's obviously a stylistic decision yeah. i i just didn't see it as meaning anything other than it's it's stanley tucci flexing his directorial muscles because he's this is him showing off right that's maybe and again maybe that's because i i wasn't particularly engaged with the film at that point and so therefore every little thing like every tick every yeah. everything that might mean something i'm missing because i'm slightly annoyed with the film yeah yeah well, do you know what i mean so I, i'm not that, seeing yeah. those things i'm not reading those things into it because i'm slightly disengaged and all i'm seeing is quirk yeah yeah as opposed to genuine storytelling that's interesting. Never watch the trailer again. You, you've <laughs> yeah, I, pro I probably should. You always watch the trailers afterwards. I always do. That. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, no, it's, but no, it's, I, I, I take your point with it. It's, it's, um, and again, it, it's, I did, I did, I did, again, I didn't like the character of Secundo, which obviously is difficult. I guess because I knew it was going to end badly, um, mm. I was, I was less worried about it because I knew, I knew he, given I knew his dream was going to be crushed, I was less upset with him for behaving awfully towards his girlfriend and his mistress and his brother um but yeah and primo is right he's, he's a much warmer character even when he's, he's flying off the handle i mean well um, I, I, yeah and I, again i think this is maybe the i don't know it's something in the script or the, just the way that the i don't think but I, I think this film needed storyboarding i just don't think it i don't think there was anything there it was almost like they rocked up on day one and started filming and yeah. okay don't worry about the script just you know go with the flow embody these characters yeah. and of course that's okay but improvisation and that approach works with incredible rehearsals doesn't it and that's what <laughs> at least, i mean i don't know anything about this film behind i think it was shot in 35 days so it was it was a quick one yeah 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 and that's it so so i suppose for me there's that kind of you, you can't just rock up on set this is how it felt to me anyway it felt like they rocked up on set and just started acting in the roles without any prep and whilst some of it was fine and some of it hit, a lot of it then just felt like they weren't well-rounded individuals, well-rounded characters. And I yeah. think Secundo is a prime example of that because I think, I think Stanley Tucci is trying to present Secundo as a bit of a, he, he's an engaging character. He's someone who's a bit of a womanizer, but also he's got the, you know, the restaurant at heart. He loves his brother, but he also wants to. Have, and I just thought he, he doesn't 
represent any of that to me. He just seems he comes across as an asshole and just an, a knobhead. Maybe this was the nineties. They always gave a character, you know, uh, uh, a bit on the side to, no, to round him out. You know what I think this is? I think think the womanizing aspect of it is to give the audience the impression that Secondo is complex. Yeah. You know, he's 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 not a cipher like Primo might be a cipher. He's a complex individual. He has his flaws. Yeah. But it, I, for me, it just felt so that's so so patronizing. It's so patronizing. I would have much preferred Secondo being a complex character by wanting to be more set before sleeping with Phyllis. Yeah. That's complexity, I think, to a certain extent. Because yeah. the principle is he's never going to get there, is he? Yeah. Although if you're looking for complexity, I, one thing I did notice is um, Mini Driver could have played Italian as much as anyone else could have. Um, you know, she, she's mm. you, you, you can you can push her towards the Mediterranean look. And yeah. I'm sure she can do an accent. Um, but they made her Jersey basically a, a generic American mm. girl, as I said. And it was like he so I, I thought that Secundo wants the American girl because he wants to be an American businessman. But mm. he also actually ends up with an Italian, a very Italian Italian, um, in Isabella Rossellini. Um, yeah, you're right. Who, and I thought, well, yeah. you know, he, this is him still being pulled between two worlds because he's constantly saying, I will never go back. You know, I, the, Italy's got, I think yeah. he said, it, it, Italy's yeah. got, uh, when he's talked to the car salesman who's rapping, he goes, Hist- history's, Italy's got a lot of history. And he goes, it's Italy's got. Yeah, Italy's nothing yeah. but history. So I think I, Again, I, I, I like, I like the, the touches in yeah. this. It's, it's the yeah. little seasoning. So once again, I think if, if you're if you're if you're open to the film, you get it. And I, th- I completely agree. If you're not, um, and I understand why why if you don't <laughs> if you don't if it doesn't click with you, you can just think this car salesman's weird. What are we doing this for? Yeah, I did think that. I thought, why is there? Why are we having this extended scene with the car salesman? He's not going to buy the Cadillac, is he? Yeah. So we just just move on. Yeah, and the scenes <laughs> the scenes were extended again. There's um. I mean, I thought again the, the the scenes of the party. I thought were quite well done. It's quite a good way of showing people enjoying a party. But there's yeah, also a very extended person of a character we don't know miming to Perry Como. Um, yeah. That I thought. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? And it wasn't like it. It was literally the, the the record started and he started miming and it kept going until we all started dancing around the room to the chorus. And I thought, okay, I get around here. It's like, this is one way to pad out your 107 minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, the film didn't need to be that long. Actually, you could have knocked half an hour out of this film and it would have been just as fine. But, you know, you're in, when you say about the American girlfriend and the Italian um, lover, I suppose, in some respect, it's, again, that is something I didn't think about when I was watching it. And so there's a couple of instances there that I think to myself, well, actually, maybe the film deserves uh, uh, another watch from me. I mean, I'm not going to do it in the in the immediate term, but yeah. but maybe there's something more to the film that maybe I missed. Now, does that mean I think I'm at fault? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, of course I think, not. I think what it means <laughs> is the film you? should have worked harder to present that to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, say, but nevertheless, I, I, I think there might be you, that you might have you might have touched upon something there yeah. that I've missed. Okay. Yeah, well, I I agree because like I say when I my memory of this, apart from the actors and the food, is the disappointment in the plot because I thought it, it went mm. nowhere. You missed the plot, aren't you? I missed the plot. So coming back to that after twenty years, ready for that and saying I'm, I know what this is now, I'm going to enjoy it for what it is, made me enjoy it more. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm not Mr. Plot, and I like the kind of character. I don't mm. mind a pl- I don't mind a film that meanders and doesn't go anywhere and doesn't really have a solution or anything like that. But then the characters have to be absolutely incredible, and I don't think they are in this. I mean, I'm, here's the thing: I'm possibly going to say that's most controversial, so I apologise in advance. So, the, the the food is incredible, right? I mean, it looks just oh my god! I, I, I you know I wanted to immediately go in the kitchen and start making a pasta pie, which I couldn't do because I've just no idea how. I mean, even make the pasta, for God's sake. So that's incredible. However, the way that the cooking is filmed, I think, is disappointing. And um, and you are, we've touched upon this before, because I would like a little bit more of the cooking of the food. I got the impression that the way that they the way that they show the food being cooked is they'll stir a few things or chop a few things up and then they'll lift the lid on something. So it makes it look like something's happening, yeah. but nothing's really happening. And to be honest, that for me is is a good metaphor for the film generally. The conversations are exactly <laughs> the same. Lots of words are happening and people seem to be talking to each other, but I don't actually think it means much. Uh, okay, it's interesting. Um, yeah, and, and and in that context, there's there's there there are... A fair few films about food or with food in it. None of the films are about food, to be honest, but with food in it that I think do it better. 
Um, Ratatouille. Right? Yes, yes. It's almost, it's an almost identical film to this. I mean, it's a slight, I mean, obviously one, one of the characters is a rat. This um, <laughs> is fair enough. But, it, you know, it's about identity. It's about um, purpose and all this kind of stuff as well. And it well, does I'm, I'm going to say Ratatouille is a far superior film. Oh, it is a far, I mean, Ratatouille is a far superior film to many films, not just yeah. Big Night, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, within and out, and out with of the genre itself. So, but, but Ratatouille is perfect. And the way, for, for a cartoon, effectively, the way that that describes how you cook food and how you eat food and how you respond to food is incredible. Very clever, very clever. And yeah, yeah. um, it's a film called Chef with, um, I can't remember the, oh, who's the guy in it? Um, he, he's, he, he's, he directed the first Iron Man film. Um, John, 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 yeah, John Favreau, John Favreau. There we go. John Favreau. We got there, didn't we? we are so, so uh, and John Favreau plays um, a, a, a guy who is trying to set up his, his kind of like Mexican street food business. And yeah. again, it's about the balance between the art and the commerce and all this kind of stuff. It's really fun. It's a really fun film. It's not too deep. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it does, I think, represent the drive that people have. It's really good. There's a couple of them. Um, uh, other films, Tampopo is a Japanese film that does basically the same thing, and Eat, Drink, Man, Woman is another film um, from Hong Kong or Taiwan that does another similar kind of process. All of which I think present food better, and the way that you use food to explore relationships. Is there anything else that we'd want to we'd want to add into um, Big Night? No, uh, only that I suppose to 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 to, to emphasise again. I think I think I may have missed a few things in the film that perhaps would have presented some of the storytelling in a different light and this is why I do find discussing the films interesting because often first reactions can change when you hear particularly a different view of the same film that you've watched and so I think I need to be yeah, there's just something there. I think actually, it's funny how you can you can watch the same film but read certain scenes in very different ways. Yeah. Well, well, that is the you know if if Weekend at Crumbies has no other purpose and it probably doesn't, it's for that. <laughs> it's the rich tapestry of life, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Right then. So, uh, well, we can. Uh, I'd hate to steal your link. Have you got another fantastic link to take us to the final section? Well, we're 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 heading toward the um, the aperitif now, aren't we? The uh, the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you what, I, can, I could I could murder tiramisu right now. Oh, I could as well. Yeah, definitely. I don't have it. Although, although you know, to be honest, tinned fruit and custard would <laughs> do. Yeah, I think I'm just going to steal down to the kitchen and grab a handful of cereal and munch it like a rat. A handful of cereal. A handful of cereal. It's the uh, it's the, it's the <laughs> less successful spin-off of a fistful of dollars. <laughs> I've wrote dirty a bowl. I'll just grab a handful of cereal and, and you know gnaw on it very good can you gnaw on cereal you can't even add milk it's, it's, very, it's very tough to get through <laughs> i mean pork knuckle yes so cheerios knuckle. cheerios <laughs> you can see my cereal. I, have, I have very robust cereal it's, it's the size of a, it's the size of a you know and it's at least the size of a lego minifigure are you a, are you a two shredded wheat man Oof, yeah, indeed. <laughs> is that what it is? That's the only cereal I can think you can gnaw on. Anyway, we've diverged. We've got, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> this is all this sort of food. We, uh, what is it? we, we inspire a big night. We're <laughs> yeah. merely improvising the conversation to its natural conclusion <laughs> until Join people us. are sick of it and wish they would just get to the end. Join us for the scores on the doors. Welcome back, dear listener. Yes, indeed. It's the part of the podcast we all look forward to. It's nearly the end. But before we get to that point, we have some scores to give, don't we? Um, and as tradition befits, Q, indeed. you shall be going first. I shall. And uh, I will uh, not garnish it any further. <laughs> <laughs> I take on board your complaints and I probably share a lot of them myself. Um, but I still, I actually really engaged with the film. And given I hadn't seen it for 20 years, I was quite pleasantly surprised to do that. I did like the actors involved. They didn't all put in stellar performances, but they, you know, they all seemed to be having a good time. And I think, yeah, the, the presentation of food was, was a nice one. It wasn't just, this is nice looking food, but it was the love of food, the enjoyment of it too, the preparation of it. I thought it was all quite sweet. So I think I am going to give it a, quite generous but uh but nonetheless uh well seasoned for disembodied crombie heads very good i wonder what a disembodied crombie head would taste like well pork knuckle yeah it would wouldn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah that 
that's it. It would be yes, yeah, pork knuckle. There we go. Um, that's that. That's that closed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no need to debate that. Um, very good, Hugh. Well, yeah. So um, I, I found the film tonally inconsistent. <laughs> I, I found the characters unconvincing, and I found the chemistry awkward um, to the point where some of the scenes I was actually cringing and thinking, oh, my God, I hope this ends soon, this scene. Um, I didn't quite get what the film was about and it never really engaged me. However, I think that the conversation has moved me toward appreciating some of the finer points of the film, some of the seasoning, as you might have described it as you. And perhaps there is something in there that I have missed through perhaps prejudicing the film by seeing the trailer beforehand or just really not expecting maybe expecting something different to what I got I don't know it's not a terrible film at all um it just didn't really tick any of my boxes so I'm going to give it two disembodied crombie heads okay well yeah glad I've talked you up from one you can now enjoy your side order spaghetti and meatballs with uh, with a good conscience <laughs> I think it was going to be it was probably an unfair one because yeah. there isn't anything strictly wrong with the film per se it's not heinous it's not yeah. you know it, it, it's logically consistent I guess, to <laughs> an extent. I mean, it's not, I mean not, the public eye for example was just logically inconsistent for me I disliked yeah. that film profoundly despite yeah. there not being anything you know heinous about the film whereas mm -hmm. this this main I, I get what I suppose I get what this film is trying to do I just don't think it does it fantastically well so it's a two it's a two, and it's a, it's a poor decline for poor Stanley Tucci, who began so strongly at the start of the year, and, uh, with, quick and change, yeah, with quick change, and all the way down. But uh, again, we've, we've, we've diverged, which is good. It's good to have some bit of uh, conflict. We haven't all synchronised our views. And, it's been uh, a while. Maybe... I can't remember the last time we had such a, a divergence no. of opinion. Well, maybe next time we'll pick different quotes. You know, this is, this is, this is, maybe that's <laughs> what it is. So, yeah. Not so sympathetic. <laughs> But 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 now without having cleared the plates and uh, and fired the dish boy, um, it's, it's it's time to find out what what we will be uh, reviewing. Um, oh my God, it's Halloween month, and we gave it to James. What are we watching in October? Who's this? We gave it to James. <laughs> <laughs> you and your terrified alter ego. Um, so. Both my alter egos are terrified. <laughs> Um, so for the October edition of Weekend at Crombies, we will be watching the film Vampire's Kiss. Ooh. Vampire's Kiss. Say go. no more. Say um, no more. Oh, but it's to say no more. It's obvious what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> say no more. Oh, I wonder what that could be about. Werewolves. Marvelous. <laughs> okay, well, in, until then, uh, we shall uh, wish you uh, buona noche. And, uh, and I wish I had the gumption to look up what weekend was in Italian. But uh, oh, until then... Yeah. We wish you uh, a very, a very happy, a very well-fed and a very uh, healthy weekend of Acrombis. <laughs> Arrivederci. Weekend Acrombis. I had, I had Weekend at Crombies on in the car the other week. And um, <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. And he was in the back and he... Um, he knows that I do this podcast and he says, is, is that you, daddy? So, yeah, that's me. And is that your friend? Yeah. <laughs> What's his name again? It's Hugh. <laughs> oh, Hugh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then like five minutes later, is that still you, daddy? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's really, he's like, oh, God. <laughs>